It's time for our Community Stories segment that we have every week at 1030. And I've got a special guest in house today. We've had her on here before. Her name is Rachel Hanel. She's a professor here at Minnesota State University, Mankato. And she is also an author, a local author of, of the books and uh, I guess a native of the area. But Rachel is going to be talking about the Deep Valley Book Festival today. And it's online this year. So with that, good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Karen. Thanks for having me. It's always great to have you yes. in the studio and yes. see what you're up to. And of course, you are you are a faculty in the, the mass communication. Yes. Here on campus. Yes. And so how have things how have things been in terms of being an instructor? You're on sabbatical, right? <laughs> sabbatical. So I couldn't have planned that any better. Um, and that, the sabbatical was approved way back, you know, in January Before, yeah. of last year. Um, but it, it really, it worked out well because I was just going to stay home and write and work on those kind of projects anyway. So it's been a really good year to do that. Well, your previous book was called... We'll Be the Last Ones to Let You Down. Yes, We'll Be the Last One to Let You Down. And it was about growing up. Your father was a grave digger in yep. Wasika. Yes. And so that book came out in what year? It came out in 2013, so it's been eight years already. Okay, so how, yeah. how did that do? Did, did you have, is it still in the market? It's or? still out there. So it was published with the University of Minnesota Press. And sure. the nice thing about a small press like that is that they'll, they'll keep it in print. So it's out there. If people want to find it. It's still out there. Very good. And now your sabbatical, you're writing another mm -hmm. book. Can we chat a little bit yes, about that? Yes, I would love to chat about that. So that book is about um, a woman who was originally from St. Peter. Her name is Camilla Hall, and she got involved in the Symbionese Liberation Army in 1974. So if people are familiar with the SLA, they most likely remember Patty Hearst. This was right. the group that kidnapped Patty Hearst and robbed a bank and everything. Camilla was one of six uh, SLA members who were killed in a May 1974 shootout with Los Angeles police. Um, so I just came across her story and thought, how does this happen? Like, how do you grow up in St. Peter? Right. Your father's a professor at Gustavus. He's a pastor. He's a theology professor. How do you go from kind of this Midwestern life to now you're a terrorist? Right. So it's, it's yeah. really been fascinating to try to uncover her life. Do you have a little bit of history about her? Like, did she go go to college? Was yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She I mean, she went to the University of Minnesota. Majoring uh, in? Uh, humanities. Not terrorism? No. <laughs> Nothing to do with No, but you know, her family was really big into social justice. Okay. And her first jobs were for county welfare agencies oh. up in Duluth and Minneapolis. So she she had a really big heart, you know, and she knew that people had to help each other and that it was up to us to help those who were less fortunate. And so in the early 1970s, you know, we had a lot of focus on the inequalities in America, kind of like now. Yeah, I was going to say, has it changed much? <laughs> so, uh, the weird thing is, so I've been working on this book for over 20 years. Wow. And kind of got to a point last year where I was revising it, like getting this manuscript ready, and George Floyd happened. And all of a sudden, I was like, I got to do this. Oh, my gosh. Like, not no. there was no other time that I've been working on this book where her story, even though it took place in 1974, is so relevant to today. 
And, you know, she was left wing. Now we have the right wing, like taking up arms and being violent. Like the parallels are just astounding. Was she violent herself? Was she one of the people who was violent or she just got caught up in this group? She bought a gun. She was part of that bank robbery that Patty Hearst was part of. So, I mean, she she had a gun like she was willing to use it. She didn't ever hurt anyone. Uh, You know, she didn't have that opportunity. Um, But definitely she was willing to do that. Do you know how she ended up in California after having, you know, grown up in, in yeah, St. Peter? Of all yeah, places? she had friends who had moved out there. And oh. I think she was looking for a warmer climate. And uh, she also was an artist. And so she knew that California around 1970 was kind of the place to be if you wanted to be an artist and sell your work and that type of thing. So that's why she went out there. Are there still family members? No. They've all, everybody's gone, moved away, so nobody can say, Mm-mm. hey, your daughter is. Nope. Yep. So that's that's been the challenge. Um, I've connected with, you know, a, a distant cousin in Sioux Falls. Um, so that's been kind of my only connection oh, wow. with the family. But it's, it's a mystery. You know, there's, no, there's nobody around who can say why she did the things that she did. But I don't know. I think mysteries are fascinating. So. Do you have a title for this book, or is it you're not allowed to say it? No, I do have a title. I'm So far, it's titled Breaking Point, One Woman's Transformation from Activist to Radical in 1970s America. Mm, sounds good. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, Rachel is, is looking for a publisher at this point. So anybody have any connections? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like, <laughs> like, like you said, a real relevant it's, for this time. Yeah, I think it really is. So it's just a matter of finding the right person. Well, good luck to you Thank on you. that. Thank you. And so you're on sabbatical, yep. and you'll come back next fall? Yeah, maybe? I'll come All back. Right. In, yeah, summer, actually. Summer. All yeah. right. And you're still active with other authors and doing mm-hmm. things, including the Deep Valley Book Festival, which yes. I know you've worked with before. Mm-hmm. And you're doing your first mid-year event coming up on March 6th and 7th. Yes. And this is the first time you've ever held a mid-year event. Now, yes. why are you doing that? Yes. So we've always had that first Octo- uh, first Saturday in October for our festival. And obviously, last year, <laughs> we had to go online. So instead of just canceling it, we said, let's just try to figure out how to do this online. And it took a lot of planning and it took a lot of work, but you know, it went so well. We were able to expand it over two days and we were able to bring in people from all across the country because it was virtual. So we really got to expand our audience. So after that was done, we got together and said, you know, that went pretty well. We've already put in the work to try to figure out how to do this. Um, Probably over the winter, we're still gonna be stuck in our homes, you know, (laughs) having lots of time to read. So why don't we do, you know, like a cabin fever edition? Nice. So that's how the idea started. Well, I know I have gone to more educational sessions for gardening, for example, than ever before, because otherwise I would have had to driven yes. somewhere or gone away. And it's online and it's yes. just so great. So what is the focus of this mm-hmm. Deep Valley Festival, book festival this year? Yes. So we have lots of authors. I think we have several dozen authors who are going to take part in the festival. So you can go to our website, which is just deepvalleybookfestival.com. We have an author directory, so you can see everybody who's affiliated. And we have programming going on throughout the weekend. So our keynote speaker this year is Margie Price. She is a author up in Duluth. She writes mostly uh, children's books or middle grade books. And the fun thing with this, we're having a Cabin Fevers read. So anyone out there can read Margie's book, The Littlest Voyager. And at one o'clock on Sunday, she will have some time to interact with people kind of in that book club format. 
uh, to talk about the book. Now, The Littlest Voyager, is that a children's book? Yes, I believe it's like middle grade, you know, like fourth, fifth grade kind of target audience. But if you're an adult, you know, then it'll be an easy read. Well, so (laughs) I want to spell her name. So in case anybody wants to look for that book, Margie, M-A-R-G-I, Preuss, P-R-E-U-S, if you want to find it, and then you can read the book and just mm-hmm. be a part of this. It's like a little book club online. Yeah, a little conversation. And she already pre-recorded a, a small session with fourth grade class in New Richland. So that's part oh. of it, too. And then we'll get together, you know, come back on Zoom and be able to talk about it live. But the kid part should be so cute because they were so excited. Why did you choose her in that particular book? Yeah, so Margie was part of our festival last October as an author, you know, just taking part in the festival. And uh, we know that she's really well known in Minnesota. Uh, I think that book is up for a Minnesota Book Award coming up here. So she's just so great. Um, and so she reached out and said, hey, you know, if you're ever looking for a keynote speaker, I'd be happy to, to be involved. So that's how we got connected with her and chose that book because it's her newest book. Do you know what it's about? I the, assume you do. <laughs> a little voyager. <laughs> so it's a, like an adventure? So she writes a lot of kind of historical type of novels. And so this is voyager in the terms of like voyageur back in Minnesota history, the French traders. And so there's a little kid who gets like caught up in this French trade up in northern Minnesota. Okay, so if you want to be a part of that, that's a great a fun thing to to note and that you'll see some maybe kids from New Richland, Heartland, Ellendale, Geneva School mm-hmm. that will also be in that. And who are some of the other workshops or, yes. or authors that you're featuring? I assume local, some local folks. You know, yes. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, but because it's virtual, you, now here's a really huge draw sure. again for anybody to be involved. So we have a lot of... Um, programming throughout the weekend. We have some panel discussions with authors, and so they might be talking about things like um, how do you interact with audiences? How do audiences find authors? You know, social media is a huge thing. Like, how do you make those connections? Um, We have a fun panel called Guilty Pleasure Reading. So we would invite anybody to join in on that if there are books out there that you just consider a total guilty pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any uh, in mind? You know, for me personally, my guilty pleasure read is because I I write nonfiction. And I love nonfiction. So the majority of my reading is nonfiction. Right. Um, So it's not too often I'll pick up a novel and I'm kind of picky about my novels, too. But like these huge historical sprawling novels is something that I just really can get into, like Ken Follett and stuff. Just uh, so that would be my guilty pleasure. Wonderful. <laughs> and and so so, is it mainly for writers? It's for anyone. So it's a it's a mix. I th- I just think anyone who loves books. So if you love to read books. I think it's really fun to just interact with authors. This is a great way to find new authors. If you're looking for people with new books or just looking for particular genres, this is a great way to just meet authors and make that connection with them. And I think that just brings about such a richer reading experience when you know who these people are. Will you be doing any panels? I am doing a workshop. So we have some workshops going on as well. So I will be doing a memoir writing workshop because I know there's so many people out there who want to write about their lives or their family lives. And so it's only an hour. um, And I just will give you some tips and tricks and some resources if you want to get started on, on doing that type of writing. We also have a mystery writing workshop. 
and a workshop for illustration, especially for people who might want to illustrate kids' books. Um, so that should be really fun, too. Now, memoir. Have you written yeah. your memoir? That was the one that yep, you... Yep. That was, well, yep, growing real... up in Wasika. Yep, okay. that was my memoir. Now, I think a lot of people can write, maybe. I mean, not well, necessarily, yeah. everybody. But then they don't know what to do next. Like, how do you get published? Is that something that you'll be... Yeah, actually, to? we have a panel about that. Okay, okay. <laughs> so that's always nice. There's so many options for, you know, once you have written something, what's the next step? How many people who write actually get published? Oh, I mean, gosh. I was just curious if yeah. there's some statistics out there. I don't know if there's any statistics, but I will tell you one thing. I will tell you the difference between a writer who's not published and a writer who's published. There's just one thing, and that's perseverance. Oh. I think people give up too too soon. You know, that's what when I interviewed these songwriters mm -hmm. was kind of the same thing. Yep. You know, we've been plowing away and, and it's the pitching. It's the pitch, pitch, it, pitch. And it is. So you're writing this book now. You've got the manuscript. Yep. And how, how are you pitching that? Yeah, I'm just I mean, trying to pitch it. So I'm, I'm reaching out to literary agents who can get you in the door. Big publishers. I'm reaching out to editors at small presses. It's a lot of letter writing. They're called queries, you know, where you just say, here's what my book is about. Um and it's a lot of disappointment because it's a lot of rejection. People, <laughs> not everybody wants your stuff, but you just have to roll with it. And I think that's when a lot of people give up. The first time they get like some kind of bad feedback, you know, maybe it's from a writing group or from an agent or editor, and then they just think, oh, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm going to give up. Um, don't give up. <laughs> well, that is great, great advice for yeah. anybody. I mean, I think yeah. that's with, with even singer-songwriters yeah. and things sometimes are just like, you know what, or I'm tired of living in my car. <laughs> Yeah, anyone doing anything creative or artistic. And, and it's hard because it, it really is you. You know, you've put your entire soul into it. So when people reject you or reject that project, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's like rejecting a piece of you. Yeah, but you have to kind of untie that. How did the Deep Valley Book Festival come about? I mean, because yeah. we are known as the Deep Valley. Yep. And doesn't it kind of revolve around Betsy Tacey's yep. series? Yep, exactly. So Julie Schrader is the festival coordinator. And so she was the one who started this many years ago and it did it was it did come out of the betsy tacy society like it was connected with that they had a homecoming event homecoming weekend and so the book festival was part of that but since then it's been untied from that but we've just kept the name because it does reflect on the literary community here in mankato and so how has it grown then from way back when yeah it has grown tremendously i can remember having a summer event in Sibley Park, um, you know, set up kind of in that little shelter. And it was nice, you know, but but in terms of number of people, I can think the past couple of years, we've had so many more people when we've had it in person uh, be able to come in. Um, our website is new and revamped, and okay. so that's changed a lot. I think if people go to the website, they'll see it's very fresh and easy to navigate and clean. So just making that investment in this event is something that we want to do. What do you think people will get out of it? Well, the connections okay. are the big thing. You know, to connect with authors, to connect with other readers, especially right now. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're so isolated. So to be able to hop into an online room, which isn't ideal, but, you know, like you, I've taken part in a lot of online events, too. And it's kind of amazing. Like, I never thought I would make connections you with do, other though. people. You do. You do. It, it's it's beautiful. But 
everyone I've been to, you can tell all the people who haven't ever been to one because it's like, mute yourself, mute yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's always the kind of how do you, the logistical part of it. Because I wonder if, if even in the future for teaching, it's going to be more maybe when you return in yeah. this summer, oh, yeah. if it's going to be online and a lot more will be like that. I, I think so. And, you know, even though we really want to go back in person to the festival and, and we're planning on it. So October 2nd is oh, when we're okay. planning on hopefully by fall, you know, we can be back together. But we we have a feeling that the virtual component or some online component will probably always be part of it. Now, you teach here at MSU Mass Communication. Yes. What specifically are you teaching? What courses? Yeah, I generally teach the writing courses, so the media writing courses, so those students who are just coming into the program, um, you know, how to write a press release, how to write a short news article, just really the basics of media writing is generally what I teach. How have things changed? You know, mm -hmm. you have kind of been between the old style yeah. versus the new style. You're sort of a bridge, I would say. Mm -hmm. How has that changed and how are you having to adjust your yeah. teaching to, to future mass comm reporters? Yeah. Um, they they actually don't call them so much journalists as they do multimedia it, it, specialists. Yeah, something exactly, like that. right. You kind of want to ditch the term journalist. Right, <laughs> Because right. there's there's really so much more that, that they're going to be doing. But, you know, the, the biggest thing I see is just that lack of interaction with the media. You know, 20, 30 years ago, I'm in college, you're in college, right. like we, there were only newspapers, there right. were only three TV stations, right? So you probably yeah. were interacting with actual news. Yes. And today, that's not it's the so case. so spread out. Yeah. So I feel like part of my training for them is not only the writing, but also, here's news, here's how to interact with it, here's how to find trusted sources. Um, that's all that's part of the education, too. Well, I think a lot of times, even we've seen with our MSU reporter here, a lot of times mm -hmm. the students, when they're writing articles, they're writing opinion pieces yeah. instead of news. And, you know, where where did just the facts, ma'am, go? And so I think it's kind of sort of gotten away from some of that. And yep. so when people say they don't trust the media, well, sometimes that's because some of it's written as somebody's just opinion. With. Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn how to kind of suss that out. So that that's one thing I do not allow. I'm pretty harsh on my students. Like, I'm glad. <laughs> do not talk about yourself. Nobody wants to hear that. But but that's what they've been doing all their lives. Online. Their, their yeah. whole lives have Social been. Social media. Look at me. And here's what I think, you know, so so they they that's just the the mindset that they're coming into it with. How have you dealt with that? Because I'm sure that's something that you have to kind of fight against because yeah. that's what they know. Yeah. And that's what I tell them. I tell them exactly that. You know, I say I realize you're used to doing it this way, but that's not what we do. I mean, there there is room for that, but right. you have to reach a certain you have to know the rules first. Right. Before you can break them. Do they ever look at you like, oh, Rachel's. Uh, pushing down our creativity oh i well yeah i probably they're just like what does she know who's this person <laughs> you know like she looks like my mom <laughs> i don't listen to my mom you know <laughs> well, at least you're younger than me so probably maybe not quite as uh, yeah yeah so I mean, it's just an interesting thing that i see developing too and and working with because i work with students as mm -hmm. well yeah right and and just um finding how a lot of them will say the i this and i that it's like no you're reporting on something different uh, yep. yeah 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 so hopefully it you know you just have to be patient and hope that they get it they get it once you tell them once they generally get it
what kind of discussions did you have in class when all the election stuff was going on? Because we were always talking about, yeah. you know, the, the fake media and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I'm just, I'm expanding because this is community talk. It's not, you know, we want to obviously talk yes, about well, your yes. event, but yeah. I also want to just talk a little bit at, sure. about what you're seeing out there. When when that all that was going on, mm-hmm. people saying, well, it's fake news, you mm-hmm. know, the reporters are all out to get us. And I still see that on some sites. It's like, oh, yeah. oh journalists, you know, they're the, the bad people. Yeah, yeah. Trying to restore that trust is really a big thing. I see a lot of confusion. I mean, my students are confused. Um, they really aren't sure how to find those trusted sites. And so, I mean, you can go online and you can find these really great charts that kind of show you left wing, right wing, you know, trusted, not trusted. And there's a kind of sweet spot in the middle, you know, right. so so they seem to really appreciate that. Like anytime I can give them some kind of visual aid, like here's what to look for. They seem really relieved. They kind of have no idea. Yeah, I've looked at there. There's that diagram yep. too where it says, well, this one's more to the right. This yep. one leans more to the left. And then I think, well, who decides that, though? Yeah. You well, know? And, and I think some, I mean, some are super obvious, right? Right. But then, yeah, some are a little bit more subtle. So you still have to give them the tools so they can kind of assess things for themselves. Well, I, I got to give you kudos for being an instructor in these times because things are changing so fast. And yeah. I assume, I mean, even with the technology, you have mm-hmm. to change so fast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I try to keep up on that, you know, on the technology. And I think it really helps that I am an author and I'm trying to promote my own work and I'm trying to get out there to reach people and reach mass audiences. So I'm kind of forced to myself, you know, get on social media or do multimedia, you know, for my own benefit, but I can definitely use that in the classroom then. You were a reporter at the Mankato Free mm-hmm. Press for many years, and I don't know if you worked elsewhere before that. No, that was my first oh, job. Oh, that was your first Out job. Out of college, yeah. And did you go to MSU then? I did. So you worked probably at the the MSU Reporter. Yes, for a little bit. And then you worked at the Free Press. Yes. And then you've transitioned essentially to being an author. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do in terms of mindset? Is that a completely different mindset or did a lot of that transfer over to being an author? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, I I mean, I couldn't have had any better training than a newspaper job or a media job. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure you can you can relate to that, too, in terms of deadlines right (laughs) in terms of big audiences seeing your work and commenting to you and criticizing you and that kind of thing you know (laughs) so I mean there were so many skills from those days that have been just so useful throughout my whole life yeah I was wondering if if that's something you would say if somebody wants to be an author yeah, there's not really an author school right. per se. So, what would you recommend these people that are going to be attending this this con- conference, yeah. the Deep Valley Book Conference? What do you say? Do you, do you go to college for what? Anything, pretty much, or? Yeah, I would say anything. Um, you know, the the big thing that I like to promote with the mass communication degree is uh-huh. that you can get you will get a job when you are done. You know, and and I love. English, and I feel the same way about an English degree, but I think English degrees have a little bit more of that stereotype, like, what are you going to do with that, you know, right. but but with mass com, like, you can still be a writer and have a job and have a really good job, social media manager, public relations person, you know, reporter, like, there are so many options in mass com that keep your foot in the writing world. Well, good advice. So, so uh, Rachel, of course, works here at Minnesota State, and if you want her as an instructor, 
all you got to do is enroll. That's right. Come to MSU. <laughs> Come to MSU and have Rachel yes. Hamill for your instructor. Um, I will mention for the festival, just go to our website and you can see uh, the list of the schedule. Okay. And there are registration links. Everything is free. Everything oh. is free, but we would like you to pre-register because there is a capacity for Zoom Oh, rooms. there is. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to just ensure that you have a spot, say in my memoir workshop or whatever, just go to the site register for the session it's super easy it's first name last name email address then you'll get an email that will give you the link to get in so it is the deep valley book festival and it's the first cabin fever virtual gathering of authors and readers uh, coming up on march 6th and 7th so i assume it's like the thing you can come online Whenever you please, maybe if there's a session that doesn't interest you, you don't have to yeah. be there. Just go and pick and choose. Come and as you yep. go. Yep. And that website to register is www.deepvalleybookfestival.com. And we're also on Facebook, just Deep Valley Book Festival. Um, and we post frequent updates there. Wonderful. And it's supported by the Free Press Media, Minnesota Heritage Publishing, and the Minnesota State Arts Board. So, yes, we got a grant uh, from the Minnesota State Arts Board this year. And we generally, past years, we've been funded by Prairie Lakes Regional Arts Council. So, we're very grateful to those funders. And if you want to join the book clubs, so to speak, with the keynote speaker, uh, you can read the book, The Littlest Voyager, by. Where's her name? Yeah, Margie Price. Margie Price, and she's going to be doing the discussion on Sunday at 1 p.m. on the 7th. Yep. I, the 7th, yep. so you could be a part of that. Uh, anything else you'd like to share about that? I know we've just covered a lot of topics here, but it's always fun to chat with you about what's going on. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, we, we would just love if even if you have an hour sometime that weekend of March 6th and 7th to hop online and join us for some really great discussions. And she mentioned it is free. Free, free, free. And anyone, <laughs> anywhere, tell your friends across the country or the world for that matter. Yes. And it's uh, what a great way to to uh, be able to talk to people and any other authors or people you want to mention in terms of folks that will be there? You know, uh, there is one author and, and she's somebody that I actually met through social media. So I told author friends about this. Uh, her name is Andromeda Romano Lax. So just a great first name, yeah, right? Yeah, really. And uh, so she signed up to be part of the festival. She has a new book called Annie and the Wolves. Hmm. And she signed up. And then all of a sudden, her book is everywhere, including the New York Times. Wow. It was reviewed in the Star Tribune. So talk about just like an author who is nailing it and getting a lot of great attention for her novel. So I would highly recommend, you know, trying to connect with her and see her talk. And is she she doing a, an individual talk? No, or? she's doing a panel, at least one panel discussion. Before she gained her original fa the, the fame yeah. that she's seeing now. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you just kind of never know who you're going to get at the festival. Well, Rachel, we always ha love having you. Rachel Hannell, a professor here at Minnesota State University and active in the, the author world and, and having a book that she's... Uh, She's pitching now. Yep, yep. It's called Breaking Point, One Woman's Transformation from Activist to Radical in the 1970s America, about a person from St. Peter even. So mm -hmm. cool stuff. And they can uh, find out more about Rachel. Do you have a, a I have a website, rachelhannell.com. Just know that my name's a little different. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Um, but I'm pretty easy to find. Oh, very, <laughs> so very good. I put good. myself out there. Otherwise, www.deepvalleybookfestival.com. Register ahead of time because they have a limit. So yes. thanks again, Rachel. Thank for, you, it's great Karen. to have you. Nice All to right. talk to you. All right, bye-bye. Bye. It is uh, 1057. We'll have, we'll have a song.